Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Yes, um, back back in the studio after 11 weeks of broadcasting from home. And it's so nice to see so many of my teammates, including my producer, Gru, who did an outstanding job while I, I was gone. He was in the studio. And the, the way it works is he ends up, when, when I'm gone and I'm broadcasting from a remote location, he ends up doing his job, which he does very well, and doing like half of my job as well. Pretty soon he's going to be asking for half the pay. Don't get around to that, but it is very good to get be back, and it's nice to see so many of my teammates, my colleagues. Um, still kind of strange around here because it's just the on-air people that are back, and I think uh, like most of most of the businesses, I have a number of friends who work at a lot of the major companies in Milwaukee, and they've been working at home for the last couple months, and they've pretty much been told, don't expect to come back in till the fall. In some cases, don't expect to come back in till January or February. So this is, of course, the near nor- new normal. Having said that, um, it, it is nice to be back. Hey, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 couple different tweets. Matter of fact, if you want to see just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, if you want to see what what the home office setup looks like and and how you are able to do a radio show from a remote location it's just it's amazing what the technology is I, i took a picture of the the unit which i have been you know using for the course of the last 11 weeks which actually up until the last hour of the last show you know was functioning just great but if you want to see what what that looks like and how the technology has evolved you can follow me at jeff wagner 620 i sent out a tweet about what that looked like as well in addition we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on in the program but there was another tweet i sent out i I want want to get you thinking about this um there are there are a number of people who are starting to think that it's a good idea to defund various police departments. Now, as I said at the end of the shows last week, this has always been this idea that the kook fringe has has advocated. I mean, just wouldn't the world be great if we didn't have police officers? Well, the world would be great if you didn't have crime. But, uh, okay, tell me where where that is. And and the idea that if if somebody's breaking into your garage at 2.30 in the morning, you should just let them steal all your stuff. And then, you know, try to work it out with them later on. Don't bother calling the police. You know, if if somebody's breaking into your house to steal stuff, it's because you have too much stuff. That's essentially what the attitude is. Well, we're going to discuss that in a little more detail coming up later on in the program. But I I do I I throw this out and I did this on Twitter again at Jeff Wagner 620 over, over the weekend. I want you thinking about this for a little bit later on the show for anybody who thinks it's a good idea to abolish and defund police departments. I have a suggestion. 
let, let's run a beta test. You know, a beta test is where you do a, like a trial thing, like you get a new, that you, you get a new video game or a new app or something that comes out and, and they, they, it comes out in a beta version where they want to figure out what the bugs are. Okay, so if you think it's a good idea to just get rid of the police departments, all right, here, here's my suggestion. Let's run a beta test. Let's pick four cities. And try it for 60 days as an experiment. Let's pick four cities and do away with the police departments. And, and then we'll see how that work out, works out. And anybody out there want to volunteer their city for, for the test group? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure too many people would volunteer that. But we'll, we will discuss that in more detail coming up uh, in a little bit. Okay. There's a new poll out. And here it's NBC News, Wall Street Journal. And I know whenever we say polls, there's some people that just kind of like roll their eyes and go, oh, you know, what's going on here? We don't believe polls. But but to me, this is interesting. Four in five registered voters in this latest poll believe that things in the this is the quotation, things in the country are out of control, end quote. So, I mean, this is, of course, you, you have over 100,000 people in this country who've died as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. You've got, you know, unemployment, which the, the stock market took a huge uh, jump on Friday because the economy appears to be rebounding quicker than a lot of people thought. But still, let, let's face it, there's lots and lots of people. You know, the unemployment levels are still at levels that you don't haven't seen since the Great Depression. You've got protests that are continuing across the United States. Um, and so the question is, things in the country, do you believe they're under control or they are out of control? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, the reasons, you know, it's kind of like sometimes when people get asked the question, do you think the country's on the right track or the wrong track? And, and people say, I think the country's on the wrong track. Well, you, you don't necessarily know what what that means. Um, does it mean the country's on the wrong track because Donald Trump's the president? Does it mean that the country's on the wrong track because people think that Donald Trump might not be the president at the end of the year? So you don't know exactly what that means. And this is one of those kind of questions. Do you believe things are out of control? But I thought we would do our own little poll today on the Wagner program. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you believe things in this country are out of control, yes or no, and why? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back with your calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So, very glad to have you with us. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Mark in Florida. Mark, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Oh, man, yeah, great. Thanks for taking my call. I, I think things are under control in this country. Being older, and, and I, I know you are too, I can remember times in this country's past when we had far more protesters in the street. We had far more rioting. We had far more civil disobedience. Um, what I think America's going through right now is the perfect storm. This coronavirus, um, and I call it the Wuhan virus because that's where it came from, um, has really thrown a monkey wrench into the gears of America, and then you couple it on with this 
uh, uncalled for killing of a black American at the hands of a police officer. These are a lot of bad things happening at once, but America is not drifting into anarchy. So I think we're, we're under control. And these protests, I have to say this, Jess, I watched on NBC just a day, day and a half ago. They reported another day of protesting in Washington, D.C., and the exact words out of the NBC reporter's mouth were, hundreds of thousands of protesters are in the street. Then they went to a live camera feed, and it wasn't hundreds of thousands. It was hundreds of protesters. Yeah. And immediately afterward, NBC changed their, their storyline and went to hundreds of protesters. Mm. Uh, we're seeing a lot of trumped-up stuff here, I think, though we've got it under control. Well, basically, no, at, at the same time, I mean, I think, the, the, let's be fair, the protests, I think, are, are widespread, and they're, they're also worldwide. So, I mean, I think a lot of people, I, I, I do, I liked your phrase that you just said that the perfect storm, because in some senses, I think it, you do have the perfect storm that is going on here. I, I think, first of all, people, as a result of being cooped up for the last three months, you know, not being able to to interact with with other people, which is an unnatural an unnatural situation. So you you have that. Plus, you have the the relentlessly bad news. For the longest time, you just see these these numbers that were rising, and you see the number of people who are getting the virus, and the number of people who are dying, and and this 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 focus on all that. So you have all that going on, and then of course you have. The, the tinderbox, which is set on fire by the killing of the, the man two weeks ago in, in Minneapolis. And so here you have all these people that are like frustrated and they're angry and they're just, they're, they're on their last nerve and boom, this is the catalyst and then people are, are going out. So I think you have a lot of stuff that's coming together, not to mention the ongoing struggle that's going on. This is an election year and you have a president, whether you love President Trump or hate President Trump, you, you have a president for whom there really is no middle ground. I mean, there, there's not much nuance. There, there aren't too many people out there that are undecided about President Trump. <laughs> Again, so you, you've got that and so you've got the political turmoil but yeah, I, I do think, Mark, you, you have an interesting historical reference. I mean, I am old enough to remember the the Vietnam War protests of the '60s, and then all the Watergate stuff in in the '70s, and and, and then of course a little bit before my time. But you had all the, the civil rights marches of the early to mid '60s, and, and all all that that was going on. So I mean, we we have had turbulent times before. Is the nation out of control? No, I, I mean, if I were answering that honestly, I, I don't think we're out of control. I, I think that you're looking at a situation where you have people who you, you've got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I guess that's the way I put it. And I understand why people are frustrated. I understand why people are, are nervous. I understand um, why people are anxious. I mean, especially if you're somebody, for example, who is in that, that vulnerable age group for coronavirus, or if you're somebody who has lost their job over the course of the last several months, or and, and who may not be getting their job back, so you've got this uncertainty, and the kids still need to eat, and you still need to make the car payments, and you still need to make the rent payment or the mortgage payment. I, I understand why there's a lot of anxiety. Out of control? No, I, I don't think so. What's the Chinese curse? We live in interesting times. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Bill in Bayside. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. 
Hello, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Are we out of control? Is the country out of control? No, absolutely not. The country is doing just fine. Uh, coronavirus, it's uh, better than, I think, better than most people expect it. But it could get worse if all this uh, leeway gets uh, left unsaid. I think a lot of people think that the coronavirus, COVID-19, is over with. It's far from being over with. Right. Uh, I think the, the scientists are working on a cure, which I hopefully that comes soon. Uh, as far as uh, the demonstrators, they're speaking their piece. They're speaking their mind. Getting rid of the police department is not going to help the cause. And I think uh, President Trump is doing a wonderful job. I don't think it would be any different with Biden. Uh, you'd probably be supporting the Chinese. So you have a wonderful day. I will listen. Thank you. And thank you for your time, and thank you for your show. It's been well, wonderful. Well, thank you, Bill, and thanks for, for listening. I mean, I guess, I, I you know, I, I understand why why people feel pressured. And, and this, it has been an unprecedented time. And, look, I, I'm the guy who says, I, I'm ready for 2020 to be in the rearview mirror. I, I was just trying to discuss. I, I mean, I want a sense of normalcy. You want a sense of normalcy. I mean, when I, I'm, I'm just looking at what let, let's put aside people who've gotten sick. All right. Most of us haven't gotten sick. Thank you. Most of us haven't gotten sick. But, you know, nevertheless, we've been taking these precautions. So we don't. Um, a lot of people have gone through economic turmoil, but a lot of other people have it. But even even with that, even having to, OK, not not getting sick and not losing your job, there, there's still all these stressors that, that are, are out there. The uncertainty, the fact that there's all these things that in normal years we like to to do. I mean, I just look personally. I mean, I, I just I, I like going to baseball games. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I enjoy I enjoy going to the summer festivals. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now, I understand in the grand scheme of things, that's kind of a first world problem. But still, it, it's that normalcy that I think a, a lot of us crave. Then you add in all the tension that's going on and the protests and all these types of things that are out there. And, and I understand why it can be overwhelming to people. I also understand that if you if you spend your entire day on the Internet, you know, reading whatever websites it is that you read, and you're, you're glued to cable television and all those types of things, I understand why it can seem overwhelming. And I certainly understand why you can come to the impression that the, the, the country is out of control. But at the same time, I don't know, businesses are starting to reopen now. We're having a dialogue on the need to figure out how to improve police community relations. You know, every day is a day closer to developing a therapeutic and or a vaccine for COVID-19. The treatment options are getting better. Hospitals haven't been overwhelmed. You, you look at all the, this stuff, and, and yeah, you've got an election coming up, but we always have elections coming up, and, and however they turn out, it seems like we typically get through all that stuff. So I understand why people would just, you know, take this hair on the fire approach and say, oh my God, the country is completely out of control because we have been dealing with relatively unprecedented circumstances for most people in their lifetime. If, if you were, if you were alive, you know, in the early forties during World War II, yeah, I, I understand you would say, hey, you know, what's going on now is, is nothing compared to what was going on then. I, I understand why though people would be overwhelmed by this type of stuff, but out of control, no, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say out of control. I would say, are we facing trying times? 
Absolutely. Nevertheless, four and five voters feel the nation is out of control. I think that's an overstatement, which isn't to say that we haven't gone through a heck of a lot. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. A single, a double, a triple, and a home run. I'm talking about hitting for the cycle. Of course, it's a rare feat. How about doing it twice against the same team? Bob Euchre calls another Brewers classic as Christian Yelich hits for the cycle again. Tune in Wednesday at 6. We're one week closer to live Brewers baseball. Brewers classic sponsored by your local carrier dealer, American Family Insurance, Biofuels Association, Usinger's Famous Sausage, Engman Taylor, and Sartori Cheese. Um, I have an interesting text here. With unemployment so high... You have millions of -of out-of-work Americans that have time to protest day after day. Now, that's an interesting thought because I I do think that is one of the things that's sort of fueling the the protest, which isn't to say people don't have legitimate grievances. But but at the same time, we're going to be discussing in just a couple minutes, when when does this end? I mean, we're now into the the second week, halfway through the second week of of protests involving the, the death of the man in Minneapolis. Where not what is the end game, but but when do the protests end? And at a certain point, do they become counterproductive? And I do think one of the issues that is out there is given the fact that so much is closed up as a result of coronavirus and, and the pandemic. You know, people, you have a lot of people that aren't employed. You have a lot of younger people who aren't in school aren't going to be in school, for whom summer opportunities, the things you would normally do in the summer, those have gone away now. So there's a lot of people, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form minimizing their their commitment to trying to bring about change and all, but they've got a lot of time on their hands, and you're starting to see that as well. So coming up in just a couple minutes, I want to talk about when does this end, and are we getting to a point where the, the protests, even peaceful protests, ends up becoming counterproductive. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I am so very glad to have you with us. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I want people to understand, as I lead into this, that this is... I, people, people have a right to engage in legitimate peaceful protest. So I, I don't, I do not dispute that. I think around here, uh, I, the protests have largely, especially after the first night or two, the protests have largely been peaceful. And, and I think everybody deserves credit for that. We're going to talk about police response in a little bit. But actually, I, I think the police response has been good. I think the protesters have been good. You know, the, the first few nights in Madison, it was complete and total anarchy. And I blame that on, on the mayor who just let things get completely and totally out of control. In some cities across the country, it, it, you have not had the degree of peaceful protest that we have had here. But in general, around here, I think, with exceptions, with a handful of exceptions, I, I think it has been largely, largely peaceful. And now you start to see, you know, the, the protests don't appear to be, you know, waning to me. I mean, every, on almost every day I look and there's a schedule we're protesting here or we're protesting there and people are engaging in marches and, and, and that's all well and good. And so I, I'm not challenging people's right to do it. But I guess what I want to talk to you about is when, when does this end? And at some point in time, does it become 
does it become background noise? Does it become counterproductive? Does it become, oh, it, it's it's another protest that, that's out there? Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I hesitate to ask the question, are you ready for it to be over? But I, I will tell you this. I was interacting with a lot of people over the weekend, and the response was, okay, where do we go from here? How do you advance the dialogue? Because, yeah, we, we all understand. Matter of fact, everybody, I think, or almost everybody agrees that what happened in, you know, Minneapolis two weeks ago with the death of George Floyd was absolutely wrong. And I think everybody agrees that the people responsible need to be held accountable. And obviously, I think that there's, you know, issues when it comes to urban policing. And I think it, it's on everybody's radar screen. But, as the protests continue, because now we're we're well into you know a, a second week, we're talking double digits days. When does it end? And at some point in time, do you start to tune out to the the message? And is it okay? Well, this is the the protest, and that's fine, and people have a right to do it. But all right, you know, we've been there, done that. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And of course, at some point in time. Uh, the TV coverage, which I think fuels a lot of this. If you look, and, and I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not questioning the motives of the people who protest, but a lot of times, you know, when the protests end, the protests ends when the TV cameras go home. There is an element to that historically. Okay, so 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, Jeff, um, I think if the meteorologists are correct, the protests end when the tropical storm hits tomorrow evening. Jeff, in my opinion, the protests are already falling on a deaf ear. Protesters have overplayed their hands. And now they've pushed to defund the police and let out incarcerated individuals nationwide. They've lost a number of Americans. Jeff, I think the protests have the protesters have gotten their point. Jeff, I think at this point in time, the protests are counterproductive and they're becoming more of a nuisance. Um, Jeff, unfortunately, I don't think this ends until after the election. I feel bad about what happened in Minnesota, but I believe a lot of this is politically motivated. Um, dot, dot, dot. Jeff, I don't often agree with you, okay? But you've got a point. At some point, um, the, the, these protesters are going to overplay their hand, and there's going to be a backlash, which I think will play into um, President Trump's hand. Jeff, counterproductive with me. Five times protests right in front of my house, three during the day, two at 1 a.m., fireworks last night at 1 a.m. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, when does this end, and is there a point where it becomes counterproductive? Ray, who is calling us from Illinois. Ray, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, I bet you're happy to be back in the studio. I am. I am happy yeah. to be back among my teammates and colleagues. Yes, my producer is the one who's yeah, happiest uh, that I am back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the dog isn't, though. The dog um, is not. Hey, no, I, I was having. She was having some withdrawal symptoms. Like, Dad, where are you going this morning? So I, we took an extra long walk before I left. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, so, so what hey, do you let think? Let me get to my point. Sure. Um, I think these protests need to end. Uh, the end of this week, the last Floyd funerals tomorrow, I think officials need to start shutting it down. You know, they, people have had a chance to hear, have their voices heard, express the legitimate concerns that they have. But I think 
It needs to end. We cannot continue to have our cities uh, messed up by these things. And you're seeing with the incidents in Shorewood, um, terrible as they were, people are starting to get frustrated about it. And I'm just afraid somebody's going to get hurt if uh, we go on. And, you know, it, it does become background noise after a while. After the funeral of George Floyd, I think it's going to be starting to become background noise, and I think officials need to start shutting it down. Yeah, thanks. Well, is he a part of the problem? We we talked about this this last week. I, I I mean, I don't know about officials shutting it down. I think as as the coverage diminishes and and people we have short attention spans in this country, and that's both a good and a, a bad thing. See, part of the the problem is that you there, there's not. There, there's not a clear goal. Okay, we, we, we want we want justice. All right, well, everybody wants justice. But as I keep saying, what, what exactly does that mean? When we first started talking about this, somebody called up and said the protests are going to end when the all the officer when the officer who was involved gets charged. Okay, well he got charged. Then the protests are going to end when all the police officers get charged. Well, okay, all the police officers got charged, and that hasn't ended. And, and so, as as I've asked. A couple times, rhetorically and in, in call-in segments, right, what, what is the end game? I mean, what, what are we trying to do? And and if the converse, see, because like protests in the '60s, where we we want to end the U.S. involvement in in Vietnam, bring bring the troops home. Okay, well, th- there's there's a purpose for that. The Watergate protests, we want Nixon out of office. Okay, there, there's a, a point for that. Um, a lot of the civil rights protests, you know, we 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 want the Voting Rights Act passed. All those different types of things. This is a more uh, I, it's it's just much more undefined. Okay, what what is the goal? Um, and I think even if you ask the protesters, are you seriously that this whole defund the police movement? If you want to completely turn, marginalize your movement, you know, make it about eliminating the police department. Because I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but unless you are part of the real kook fringe, you you know nobody really thinks it is a good idea to get rid of police departments, which isn't to say that there's not reform that you can make to make in police departments. But if if the purpose of the movement is now mutating into let's disband the police departments, uh, yeah, I, I think you really have, as the protest movement, jumped the shark. Randy in Greendale. Randy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Hi. Thank you. Sure. I uh before I say this, I uh, met you last uh, summer at summer at uh, State Fair. Okay. And uh, you, you handed me a little uh, journal, uh, my wife and I, and I got to shake your hand, so that was a privilege. Well, thank you for coming by. I'm going to miss that. I, I love going out and interacting with people at State Fair, and maybe 2021, hopefully 2021, we'll be able to do it again. I'll miss you this year, though. Yeah. Anyhow, I, uh, I think the protest is gone as far as it's going to go. And uh, they've made their point. I agree. Uh, defunding police departments is not the answer. If that's their final goal, and uh, they've gone too far. Um, I agree with the protests. I disagree with the violent part of the sure. protests. Uh, the violent part uh, that happened uh, many weeks ago, uh, where you saw storefronts uh, busted out and, and looting and everything else, the only good thing that came out of that is the people that came out of those storefronts had masks on, and they were actually thinking about the rest of us. Well, thanks. I'm not sure about Randy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I, I was actually. This wasn't a Milwaukee situation. I forget where it was. I was, but I was talking to an acquaintance of mine, and there was this this picture of somebody looting a shoe store, 
and they, they had the mask on and they had a hoodie on and they had sunglasses. And, and actually, somebody said, well, they, they are kind of, um, there, there is kind of like the, the social distancing and the awareness. I said, they're wearing a mask, a hoodie, and sunglasses. I think it's less that they're concerned about infecting somebody with COVID-19 and more about like when the security camera catches me, let's not let me identify people on that. But but again, I, I think that the protesters have largely been peaceful and well-behaved. And and I think they to the, I think that they've done a good job of getting the message across. I just wonder wh- when it all ends. I mean, because at some point in time, it's like, OK, an, another day, a, an, another protest. Uh, Jeff, here's a text. I think the protests end when the media decides that this is not news anymore and puts it on the back burner. The point has been made and now it's getting, it's like getting nagged over and over and over again. Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're, like I say, you know, if, if television didn't cover it, would, would it still get the same degree of attention? David and Mequon. David, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Um, unfortunately, I think there is going to be change I don't think it's going to be for the better, though. And the reason why I say that is twofold. One, um, if you saw the video of where you had the Black Lives Matter protesters and they had um, Jacob Frey from Minneapolis, and they asked him a question, and, you know, he just basically said, no, I'm not going to defund the police department. Right, yeah, that's the mayor, yeah. Yep, that's the mayor of Minneapolis. Right, right. Yep. And, 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 you're right, right. And they got mad i mean they booed him out of there but uh you're seeing already you know even here locally uh morales was not invited to the march and and he's he said that there are people now you keep saying it's peaceful but i guess a lot of officers according to uh chief morales are being followed home and they're being terrorized and so while we're trying to paint like, well, you know, they're a good majority. I, I really think there's, if you really ask the people what they want at these rallies, um, they want a definitely a fundamental change. They've talked about anywhere from now Omar, Ihan Omar, was the one that really advocated just getting rid of the, the entire police department mm-hmm. around the country. But then you have the AOCs of the world. You have Bill de Blasio. Right. The mayor in L.A. just committed, uh, he's taking $150 million from his budget and giving it to Black Lives Matter. And the police are under assault right now. I mean, and I don't think uh, what's happening right now, is it's taken off. And, I, you know, Joe Biden hasn't said anything at this point, but he will have to answer that question. At some point, no, David, uh, you're, no, you're, you're right. No, yeah. I mean, at some point, because I, I, I will say this. I think if... If that's the issue that, that emerges from this, if the goal of the protests is to eliminate the police, we're, we're going to defund the police department, that is, you want to talk about a boomerang and a backlash among the, the, the you know, I, I hate to use the phrase silent majority because it's got Nixonian overtones, you know, but but that's, that, that's really it. I mean, I, I last week, two weeks ago, we were talking about 1968, which I think... You know, 2020, you, I think you've got to go back to 1968 to find a, a year where there was as much 
turmoil. You had the assassination of Martin Luther King. You had the assassination of Bobby Kennedy. You had the the height of the Vietnam protests. You had the the riots in the street in in Chicago during the Democratic National Convention. You you had uh, the the again the Vietnam War that was raging. You had all these different different things converging to make a, a watershed year in American history. You you can draw parallels to to twenty twenty and say between the pandemic and all the things that's been caused and, and the political turmoil, and then you you add in the, the the tensions as of this. But I mean, one of the things that catapulted Richard Nixon to the presidency in nineteen sixty eight was he emerged as the law and order candidate. Now he he wasn't the president; he was running to replace in this case, Lyndon Johnson. Trump is the president. Uh, But at the same time, I I will say, if this is what emerges out of these protests, and and the seminal question is to mainstream America, do you want to get rid of police departments across the country? Well, that's... (laughs) If if that's the issue, let me tell you that the candidates who are running as a general rule on a policy of, no, we think the police departments need to do better and we need reform, but no, we're not going to abolish the police departments. That That's that's the winning issue. And if that's what law and order, being the law and order candidate translates into, do you want to abolish the police departments or not? Well, I, I think there, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be end up voting, end up voting for law and order. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, the protests end when the best, the next, the best thing happens in the news cycle. When the next big thing happens in the news cycle, it, it is again. And I, I've been doing this long enough to really, uh, we, we have right. Correctly, incorrectly, we we have short attention spans, and, and I I admit that I I have been wondering what it was going to be that that knocks COVID nineteen off off the discussions, and and inevitably something comes along. I mean, I remember after the the attacks on September eleventh, this was it was everything that everybody was talking about for a while, and then other stuff came along. I I do think, and I said this earlier, I think one of the things that is fueling the protests is the fact that people have been cooped up so long and, and people have been just pounded by the, okay, don't go out in public and you have to wear masks and you have to social distance and you can't go to restaurants and you, you can't go to your places of employment. And, and I think a lot of that led to the, this tension that helped fuel a lot of the, the protests that end up um, going on. And, and and you do wonder, you know, what, especially since there's not a defined goal of these various protests, it, it, it probably is that that in one level or another it is going to continue for a while until the the tv crews lose interest or until like that that next big thing comes up whatever that and i you know who knows what the next big thing is did anybody think that 7 months ago we would be talking about um how you know people were essentially in isolation for the better part of the you know the, for 3 months and and only now starting to crawl out of that i will tell you Something that 
you know, we, we worry about like a resurgence of COVID-19 and we'll, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit later on in the program. But I, again, earlier on in the beginning of this, I, when I asked that question, people would say, well, we, we, this ends when we see justice for the police officers, when they end up getting charged. Well, okay. The police officers in Minneapolis have been charged and, and still, you know, you, you have the, the protests as people, you know, move towards whatever goal they want to move to. One of the things that does concern me, and I sent out a tweet, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Wagner 620, but I, with some legal analysis about this, I, I just, I say this again because I think people need to hear it moving forward. If there is an assumption that the prosecution of the three police officers who stood by while, while George Floyd was suffocated by the fourth police officer. If if the assumption is these three who have now been charged with aiding and abetting are, are automatically going to get convicted, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you should not assume that. Now, I take no position on the prosecution one way or the other, but there's an interesting story uh, that, that's out there, again, with, with a number of experts who are, first of all, aiding and abetting. In order to sustain the prosecution, you, you have to prove that the police officers essentially intentionally participated in in the killing of George Floyd. One of the complicating things that's out there is is that two of the police officers were in there they they they've been on the job less than a week. I mean it's the first week on the job and um Chauvin who's a 19 or 20 year veteran of the police force, he was their training officer. And, and the way this is all set up is in the police departments, you know, you're supposed to call the training officer, sir, and, and you do what they tell you. So, I mean, I look, I, I'm not defending these officers standing by and not involving themselves. But I bring this up for the point that, again, the prosecution is going to have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, imagine if you're, you know, one of these, you're, you're the attorney for one of these guys, and you say, look, this is their fourth day on the job. I mean, they're, they're on the, the scene. This is the man who, you know, they report to. This is the guy that is the training officer. How how can you expect them to, you know, jump in and pull him off? I mean, he's the one that you are essentially reporting to. And again, I'm not saying this to say that I think it was right. I'm just saying that, again, the prosecution is going to have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And I seriously wonder what happens if somewhere down the line you have a, a mixed verdict. Chauvin convicted, maybe the other experienced officer who was on the scene convicted, the rookie officers acquitted. Is that just going to set the stage for another round of protest? Just asking. All right, when we come back, we are going to take up the question of the elephant in the room. Is it time to get rid of police? Are we ready for a society without law enforcement? Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric Bilstadt, you know what one of the nicest things about working from home over the last 11 weeks was? 
one of the nicest things. You don't have to put clothes on. You can wear your pajamas all day. No, I, I actually no, I I didn't. I I actually I have a routine, and so I I dressed exactly like I would dress to come okay, to the office wow. every day. No, no, the nice. No, that that was it. That, that was that was the routine. I, I I dressed in no different fashion. But the timeline was all the same, and I didn't like scafidi grow a quarantine beard or anything <laughs> okay. like that. You no, know, none of that stuff. It was just like business as usual. But one of the nice things was, and it all came roaring back this morning as I was driving in. I didn't have to care about the traffic reports, you know, about the road construction and whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that immediately, I, I don't think I filled up my gas tank for like three weeks because, <laughs> it, well, seriously, right, because it's, it. you know, I mean, we, you, we have we gone out? Yeah, but it's generally speaking, it's the places like around the area. So th- this morning as I'm driving in, it's like, all right, I'm on the freeway. There's lanes that are closed and you can't get off here. Mm-hmm. And this is, and you can't go through the Esterbrook Park. It's like road closed and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, huh, I, I did not miss <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not miss yeah, the traffic yeah, yeah. and the road that was there. Okay, so you were doing the baseball report. Do you think they play baseball this year? I still believe they will find a way to play. I just don't know how that's going to be or if it's almost going to be like a silly exhibition season by the time we're done with this. But I, I, I believe that they will find a way to play some form of baseball this year. They cannot go the entire year don't be so uh, you know and, and the truth is they've really um and and you and i are both huge baseball fans mm-hmm. i mean so that that's it but they've they've really squandered any sort of opportunity you, you right. almost kind of you reach a point now and th- this is from the perspective of a baseball fan and i would like nothing better than to be able to turn on the radio on a warm summer even a warm mm-hmm. july evening and listen yep. to bob Euchre call baseball games okay so that, let's get that out of the way but i just as time goes on I don't see it. I, I, it becomes less and less likely to me that it's going to happen. And, you know, this is the time of year when, when baseball kind of had sport the sports world to themselves. Yes, yes. It, it, and this is where you kind of, like, build up the, the interest and all. Um, in July, I mean, the NBA hockey is coming back, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hockey is coming back. You're going to have the, the NBA back and the playoffs. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, rekindling. Best case scenario, you rekindle the baseball games. I don't know, you need at least a few weeks spring training. We're already, you know, pushing mid-June. At least three weeks, right? Right. At least. So, right, best-case scenario is you've got games in early July. Best-case scenario, but they're not close on the money or anything like that. So you're now talking about, you know, if you're talking about mid-July or or whatever, you've got the NBA that's coming Mm -hmm. back, you know, so and they've already got their plan. You have um, the, the NFL, which... We don't know exactly what their plan is, but my guess is they're going to. It might be in front of empty, in front of empty stadiums, but they're going to have the game starting in you know early mm-hmm. September. You've you've missed that entire window. And M- the NBA is going to dominate the month All of right. August because of the way they're right, doing right. it. It's going to be so interesting. It's going to be right. this uh, amazing uh, sporting event where it's almost like the NCAA tournament, That the number of games they're going to play. One after another after another. And from the perspective, to your point, of, of television, you know, that's... I, I mean, you know, you're, you're, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be wall to wall NBA mm-hmm. games. You know, they're all played in Orlando and stuff. It's going to be one after another after another. No, I think it's, um, I'd like to say I think you're right, but the, the more I read about this and the more just people are, are dug in on the money and all, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, but we've seen that before, right? Right? Where, 
both sides are dug in, then all of a sudden, miraculously, a deal There's is There's a finished. breakthrough. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I just, uh, I'm, I, the time for that would have been a few weeks ago. I mean, seriously, because, yes, no, to, right. to, 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 I mean, and how, I mean, the, and the owners have made it very clear that they're, they're not playing into November. I mean, that just, that's, they're worried about COVID. That, you know, and that, that is, by the way, that's the other issue that's out there. What do you do when somebody gets sick? Inevitably, you know that's going to happen with mm-hmm. all these returns. I mean, it's just it's just somebody is going to test positive mm-hmm. for for this, and then what what do you do? You know, you're you're, and this is a problem. The NBA and hockey, everybody's going to have it because inevitably somebody's going to test positive for coronavirus. And then yeah, does that shut down the whole team? Does it shut down shut down the league? Right? Does everybody quarantine? Right? It's just it's that's. It's uncharted territory. We and are in gonna, uncharted territory. And by the way, that's going to be even for next season, sure. too. I mean, this isn't just a, hey, once we get through this year, then all of a sudden things are going to be normal in 2021. I well, you know, and so. again, I, I know I know coronavirus isn't the flu, but, you know, it's not uncommon. Like, for example, during NFL seasons or whatever, you'll, you'll hear, oh, the flu is going through this locker yep, room. Yep. You know, so this this guy's out because he's gotten the flu and you're, you're, you're in you're you're in close quarters mm-hmm. and other people have the flu and in that case okay so they're not a practice they send them home do do you treat covid-19 differently than that do you shut down the whole team i i don't i don't know it's not not a pleasant it's a very difficult question well every day we go without a deal in place the shorter and shorter the season is yeah. becoming for baseball yeah i would and again, this is. I, I hope I'm wrong. I would say it's seventy thirty. If if somebody asked me to put the odds, I'd say seventy thirty. No baseball. Oh, I hope you're wrong. I do too. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not advocating it. Hope I'm wrong. All right. Let let us let us tackle the elephant in in the room. We were talking a little bit about this during the first hour of the program. One of the the big questions that I think a lot of us have had about the, the protests. Beyond the, you know, we want justice for the guy who was, res- for the officers who were responsible for the, 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 the murder, and I'm going to use that word murder, the murder of the man in Minneapolis two weeks ago. It, it's, okay, what, what is the point of the protests? And is it, is it, is there some sort of defined, what, what is the goal? It's not, we want Nixon out of the office because of Watergate, or we want the American troops home from Vietnam War, or you know we want um, you know we we want to, to pass the Civil Rights Act. Okay, this, this isn't that. This is a more amorphous sort of thing. What is the goal of of the protests? You know, no justice, no peace. Okay, fine. Well, what what constitutes justice? At least in a handful of places, there are activists who are now in, in Madison. It's, I would argue it's a fringe group who's being funded by taxpayer dollars. Don't get me started on that. But, but in other places, for example, a majority of the Minneapolis City Council have now committed to the process of ending the police department. Ending the police department. Other people are calling to defund the police department. Let's get rid of the police now, over the weekend, I sent out a tweet, and you can follow me. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. It said, okay, let's, I'd be interested in trying this as an experiment. Let, let's, let's pick four cities and, and let's, let's get rid of the police for 60 days and, and let's see what happens. You want to nominate your city to be that, that organization? All right. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think, there's a lot of stuff in this world that that reasonable people can disagree on, I, you know. And a lot of times, there's not a right or a wrong answer. There's a better or a worse. I will say this: I think it is a kooky, dan- 
a kooky and dangerous idea to even consider defunding the police department to try to imagine a world without police. And many of the people who are pushing it in their communities, which are crime ridden to begin with, I mean, the, the idea that, gee, if, if somebody and I, I, I was reading this, I was watching this interview with somebody who was arguing that and they said, well, OK, well, what, what's going to happen when somebody breaks into your garage and starts stealing your stuff at two o'clock in the morning? And the response was, well, if they broke into your garage and, and they're stealing your stuff, they obviously need the stuff. So you should not be upset about it. OK, <laughs> all right. That, that that's the idea. Just go break into people's houses and take their things, because if you're doing that, you need it more than they do. OK, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. Let's talk about the idea of a world without police. Is that really a community that you want to live in? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, in no in no way do I want to live in a country with no law and order. I mean, it, it baffles me that uh, the Me Too movement and feminists would be okay with this idea of only community policing. Just think how it will affect domestic abuse and sexual assault cases. Um, Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what people are basically asking for is to take the human aspect out of policing, for better or worse, which would result in, say, robots as police that have to follow a set of procedure commands no matter what. So in other words... Yes, we, we want RoboCop. Okay, is that really what you want? Jeff, I'm a deputy for a nearby county. I just drove through a small community in my marked vehicle. Windows down on this gorgeous day. I waved to what I'm guessing was about a 12-year-old girl. She flipped me off and shouted vulgar words to me. This is the new norm? I hope not. Jeff, how is this even a topic of discussion? No way, absolutely not. People cannot police each other. It would be a complete nightmare. The thought scares the heck out of me. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this has been out there among the kook fringe for for a while, the, the, a world without police. And, and actually, like I say, there's a couple members of the kook fringe who've been pushing this in Madison for a while. But but generally pe- speaking, you know, people with the, the common sense that God gave a goose understands that, that, that if you want law and order, what you need to do is you need to have an appropriately trained and responsive police force. And the idea that, gee, if somebody busts into your garage at two o'clock in the morning and you decide to call the police, you are part of the problem because obviously they need the stuff more than you do, give me a break. 855-616-1620. Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. You know, I, for one, would not like to see uh, our police departments disbanded in this city or in this country. The fact is it takes a very special individual to be a police officer. The fact is, is that they see a lot of the horrors in society that, that the average uh, citizen out here really, really can't imagine. And so, no, you know, what I think I want is to see that the police force, that there's accountability in these police forces, a police force that allows an individual who who has multiple violations and and, 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 and has has a record of of discipline problems. The fact is he should not not only not be on the police force, he should not be in charge of 
of training other police officers. There's something wrong with that. So I think that's what I want. I want to see accountability from the police department. Yeah, and see, and, and Vincent, I don't disagree with you. And I think if that was the message that was coming out, whether it's of Minneapolis or Madison or wherever, I think that's an attitude that most reasonable people could could get behind. You know that this stuff should not be happening. And how is it that you know somebody that have this whole track record of complaints be be allowed to continue to be on the force? See, I think accountability that that's that's a great word. And if police if if the call was for accountability, I think most of us would be behind it. When it's get rid of them or eliminate them, it's kind of like what? What are you talking about? How can you eliminate the police? I understand force? There are so many great officers out here who, who go out there to try to do the right thing every day and put their lives on the line for, for, to, to keep us safe. And so, no, you know, it, it, you know, I wouldn't want to be out here trying to deal with criminals on these streets, especially especially in Milwaukee and the surrounding area. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's ridiculous to talk about getting rid of them. No, thanks for call. Appreciate it. No, it, it is. I mean, there, you know, you want to talk about I, I was I was discussing this over the weekend with someone. And and actually, they, they used the phrase, it would be the rise of the warlords. And, and by that, it's like, OK, so let's say that, that you can't let's say you can't. There, there's not a 911 to call. There, there's if, if you call 911 because you've got somebody that's breaking into your house or there's there's kids driving through the neighborhood, throwing bricks through all the windows and you can't call 911. All right. That, that's not that you call 911 and you say, OK, well, we're going to have a community organizer that's going to they'll come out in a couple of days and we'll we'll try to track down the people and discuss why it was that they were throwing bricks through your window. OK, if, if that's the case, what, what are people going to turn to? Well, they're going to turn to private security forces, the people that have the assets. They are going to hire people who will take up the responsibility for maintaining order at their homes or in their neighborhoods or or whatever. So that 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 that's it. You're going to have the rise of the warlords here. We're going to have the Washington County warlords. We're going to have the uh, Waukesha warlords. If you if you think that people are simply going to, I don't know, allow themselves to be victims to the criminal element. Well, I, I don't think we're there as a society. Ian in Wauwatosa. Ian, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, well, thanks for having me on. Sure. Special shout-out to uh, all the men and women in blue. Uh, it's a hard job, and to all the great protesters out there. I think it's a, a fantastic thing, and I think it, what we have is an opportunity for a conversation. I think defunding the police is very, very difficult to do, but I think a conversation of let's restart and let's revisit what the police officers are all needed to do. I mean, right now it's speeding tickets to getting a cat out of a tree uh, to there's a, a homeless man with mental disabilities um, who is making a scene on a corner. All of those require a police with a pistol and pepper spray, a squad car, and all these other resources. I think there's an opportunity right now to find a middle ground, not completely defund by any means. It's not easy being a police officer, and they should be commended for what they're doing. But there might be opportunity to elevate the other social workers and social organizations that could maybe reduce all of the calls they get and bring them on only when it's most necessary. Because just like being at most jobs, you sign up thinking it's going to be one thing, but it turns out to be vastly, vastly different. And, and if you talk to your friends who are police officers, what they signed up for is really not what they're doing. They're, they're 
they're handling people when they're when they're low and out, and there's opportunities for other organizations that could yeah. cost less and be more efficient. Okay, so when when somebody's breaking into my garage at two in the morning, can I call the police? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that yeah. should be able to call the police. But they're they're not. Can you? Can, they're saying uh, you have to train these guys. Well, can you train them on how to do that? Plus, be experts in mental disabilities. Mm-hmm and everything else they're required to do. So, yeah, of course there's going to be need for police. Well, good. See, and, that, and then we agree. I mean, I guess, thanks. Look, if you're if you're talking about dealing with stuff on, on, on the edges that you have, but, but again, here, here's, here's the, the real-world problem. Okay, you're, you, you, you've got somebody who's outside your business who obviously has mental health issues or whatever, okay, but, but still who's screaming and behaving in an assaultive fashion. Um, you, know, you, you call the do do you call the social workers to come try to talk them down? Being a police officer is a very very difficult job, and, it, and if you want to talk about okay, should we a- expand and figure out a way to try to get you know other people that are involved, that that's fine. But at the same time, if you're that business guy and you got somebody who's standing in your doorway who's screaming at people, you you, you got to move them along. And you can't just ignore the, this issue. I think the key word, and one of our callers, Vincent, used it earlier, is accountability. To me, that's the key. How do you make people accountable? But as far as getting rid of the police departments, I'm sorry, that that's Cookville. And if that's what you're pushing for, you're, you're just, we're not there as a country. At least I hope we're not there. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. As states around the country begin to reopen and Wisconsin gets back to business, what will our workplaces look like and how soon until you should feel comfortable going on that special trip? Please join our very own John McCure this Thursday at 4 p.m. for WTMJ Cares. It's a special roundtable discussion about workplaces and the travel industry in the age of a pandemic. If you have a question that you'd like answered during the town hall, please call 414-203-8105 and leave us a message with your question. WTMJ Cares is powered by Watry Industries and Premier Aluminum, and it's sponsored by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, Town Bank, and Griffin Automotive Group. Check that out. Um, you know, one one final thought, and the the whole just whack job idea of eliminating the police department. And a number of people are making the point about you know you you want to just kill property values, you want to clean out a, a community. Well, you you just defund the police department. To me, the analogy is you want to see what it would look like. Just just go back and watch the old movie Escape from New York. And the whole plot was. They just they took the island of Manhattan and just built a giant fence around it, and all the criminals got to go there. And of course, everybody else moved out. But it was it was fine. You could do what you want, but you know, at least you know you're among the the criminal element. Uh, but here's one of the texts that kind of makes that point. It said Jeff, we've seen the chaos in big cities when they're hit with a little blue flu. Imagine the chaos without trained officers. No thanks. You know, it's an interesting point, and, and you saw that in in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Baltimore, unfortunately, has become sort of like the homicide capital per capita of of the United States. And unfortunately, it's a a great town, but huge crime problems that it just hasn't been able to get a handle on. You will remember a few years ago, there was the guy, Freddie Gray, who, who died in police custody. And it was not a... It was it was a difficult case in any way in any event the the district attorney 
or I don't think they call them district attorneys there, but the equivalent of the district attorney ended up bringing criminal charges against a wide, a large number of police officers, and they, they, they kept getting acquitted. They couldn't prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. But one of the effects, and ultimately they dropped the charges. No, nobody got convicted in connection with that. But um, in addition, what happened is that the response of the rank-and-file police officers to that situation was to dial back law enforcement. It was to say, okay, we're not going to be proactive. We're we're going to do essentially the bare minimum. You know, if the community doesn't want us there, they're outraged at this stuff, fine. Okay, we're we're not going to go out of our way. We're not going to stick our necks out. We'll do exactly what we're directed to do, but you know, don't expect us to use initiative. Don't expect us to do anything that might get uh, our behavior called into question. And, and what ended up happening? Well, the, the homicide rate went up dramatically. The number of assaults went up dramatically. The crime rate went through the roof in a community where you didn't think it could even go through the roof anymore. All those different things happened when the police just said, okay, we're, we're not going to be aggressive. Can you imagine, imagine what communities would look like if, if you, can you imagine what Madison would look like if some of these people from Freedom Inc. really got their way and you didn't have a police department? Can you imagine what that would look like? Could you imagine what Minneapolis would look like if you didn't have a police department to come out and catch people after they've broken into stores or shot people or attacked other people? I, I mean, I, I'd say it's the wild, wild west, but at least even in the wild, wild west, you, you did have some law enforcement. And yet that's what we are discussing in 2020. Talk about going through the looking glass. All right. Over the course of well, the, the last three months, the dominant story, of course, has been coronavirus, the pandemic, the shutdown. And day after day after day, we've been having a conversation about how do you allow stuff to, to reopen? And there's a number of you out there, and you know who you are, who to, to this day aren't, aren't comfortable going out in public. And, and the thing has been, oh, we, people can't go out in public. We, we got, we're, we've got to, until there is a therapeutic, until there is a vaccine, we're, we're not going to go out in public. All right. Most people, I think, have moved past that point. And most people, I think, are recognizing that, you know, you just can't shelter in place. And the good news, Let's talk about Wisconsin. The good news with coronavirus is that 5.8 million people, um, I'm not sure if we have 20,000 cases or, or not yet. Most people recovered. Um, we know that there, there's a, a very, very small subset of people with certain pre-existing illnesses or particular, particularly old, that if they get coronavirus, it's a very bad thing. But for most people, you're, you're going to get it. And you're going to get better. And, and that's a good thing. But still, nobody wants to get this. But we've been told about how you have to social distance and you've got to wear the masks. And, you know, we, we have all these things going on and we have to keep the businesses closed. And we, we can't allow the restaurant to open up. Or on Friday in Milwaukee, they finally opened up. But you can only have a handful of people in there because we've got to take control of this. Well, of course, all that went out the window with the protests. And many of the very, very same people who were saying, we, we can't, 
you, you can't allow people to assemble in, in groups, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the people that do that are so irresponsible. Many of those same people are the people that are applaud, applauding the protesters. In my opinion, the, the protests, the fact that you've got hundreds or thousands of people that are getting together and are not social distancing and are congregating and are doing the mass gatherings, it, it's pretty much put an end, at least intellectually speaking, to a lot of the the rules that we have been living under over the last couple months. I mean, seriously, how can you say you, you can't get a couple dozen people together in a park after, you know, we've allowed hundreds or thousands of people to march down the, the streets? So there has been a dramatic end conclusion to social distancing all across the country. That genie is out of the bottle. All right. At the same time that the genie is out of the bottle, I think we need to recognize that quite likely, unless all the virus people have been wrong, quite likely there there will be a spike in, in new cases. Now, hopefully it's not going to result in a spike of death or hospitalizations, but in, unless people have been completely wrong about the need to avoid mass gatherings over the course of the last three months, what you've seen going on for the last two weeks will will result in, in more people getting the virus. Hopefully no, not more hospitalizations and hopefully not more deaths because the vast majority of people who are participating in these protests aren't in that that the the pre-existing illness class or the age group where if you get the coronavirus it's likely to be a a life-threatening thing so hopefully we're not going to see spike in that but i fully expect over the course of the next couple weeks that across the country again unless all these virus specialists have been completely wrong and selling us a bill of goods for the last couple months you're going to see an increase in numbers here is my question can we ever go back do you think the American public, or would you, support closures like we did three months ago? Or is that genie out of the bottle? Now that we have reopened the communities, now that we have reopened businesses, now that people are getting together more, all right, can we tighten the screws? Could we say, all right, we're going to go back to where we were a month and a half ago. We're closing down bars and restaurants. We're closing down non-essential businesses. The only things that can be open were the things that were open six weeks ago. Can we ever go back to that with coronavirus? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My answer is I think that genie is out of the bottle. And the thing, the demonstrations of the last couple weeks, spike or no spike in the number of reported cases, I don't think we can lock down our communities again. What do you think? We discuss in just a minute. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. I, I'm, I just think... I think people are done with, with the lockdowns. Now, that's not to say that people I think most people are being smart as we reintegrate into to normal life. I don't think there's a lot of people who are in a hurry to run into, I don't know, packed bars where you got 500 people standing shoulder to shoulder. I, I just don't think we're at that stage yet. But especially given the fact that we've had elected officials who've kind of like turned a blind eye over the last couple of weeks to these mass gatherings and protests. And I'm not arguing that they I'm not arguing that, that they 
should have shut these down. But if I guess I look at it and say, okay, if it's okay for thousands of people to get together and, you know, engage in these protests and not social distance and gather, how do you say to a, a local business, hey, we now have a spike in COVID cases. We're going to expect you to close down again or lay off people. I, I think we, we've moved past that point. And when there is a spike in the numbers, as there may well be, we, we got to figure out what plan B is. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Mike in Madison. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Great question. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying. However, um, you know, I think you probably want to ask this question again in two weeks, right? But I would say um, it's not just this. It's not just the fact that this protest um suggested us that we should do this. I mean, there's other research that is also suggesting that this lockdown was not as necessary or the yeah. power of it was not as necessary compared to what people are just logically and commonsensically doing. Yeah. So I, I do I do agree with you completely. I think it's beyond, though, the protest, but the protest is going to basically kick off people's anger if we do try to lock people down again. I oh. just, that's, yeah. Probably most concerning to me. Well, no, they, they, right, see, and that, that's it. I mean, if I'm the guy that runs the little jewelry store or the little luggage store or whatever, the, the quote-unquote non-essential business who's survived the last three months and is finally reopening up to, to say, okay, well, no, we're, we've now had a spike in the numbers, and hopefully that won't happen, but we've had a spike in the numbers, so we want you to close down again. And you say, wait a second, you know, you, know, you, you allow you know, hundreds of people to march in the streets or thousands of people to march in the streets, and now you're going to make me close my my business again no i i just think i don't think that that people will will tolerate that and i also agree with you that i think moving forward we need to be smarter and and i'm look we we didn't you, you can criticize some of the decisions that were made back in March. That's not my purpose here. Okay, that's water under the bridge. But we do have to learn from from these things. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves the question, gee, did we really contribute to the, the spread of, would we have contributed to the spread of coronavirus if we allowed that little jeweler who never had more than a couple people in his business at a time to stay open at the same time we allowed the Walmart to, to stay open? I mean, that's that, that whole thing with essential businesses and non-essential businesses. And I understand why we we did it, but could we have accomplished the same thing by, again, talking about the need for social distancing and the the need for people to wash their hands and stuff like that? That's, I think, where we are at now, with the possible exceptions of, of mass gatherings. Although I will tell you something, if I was... If I was the NFL, if I was, I mean, the folks at Miller Park, and, and I, if I was Major League Baseball and I wanted to come back and I wanted to, you know, play in front of a full stadium of fans and I was being told by the government that I couldn't do it, I, I'd be saying, well, look, I, I'm looking at these pictures of thousands of people who are getting together. Um, you, wh- why, why is it okay in the streets of Washington, D.C., and why is it not okay at Miller Park? Now, I don't think that's where Major League Baseball is on this, but at the same time, I, I just think that you know, there, there, there is no way that we can go back to directing businesses to shut down and not operate. At the same time, I also think that there's a lot of businesses, as we've talked about, who are, it's not going to be businesses as usual. I'm back at the studio, but, you know, three quarters of my teammates aren't. You know, the, the people, everybody but the non are the, the only people that are here are the either the on-air people or the folks like my producer who supports the, the on-air people. Uh, and, I mean, as I was saying earlier, I have a number of friends who work in, in area business 
businesses, big businesses, and they're they're not coming. They've been they've been told you're not coming back till September. In some cases, it's like you're not coming back till February. So I mean, that is going to be kind of the new normal that that's out there. But I, I just I don't think we're going to be able to have the government go back to telling us what we can and cannot do. James in Milwaukee. James, you're on WTMJ. How you doing, Jeff? Good. Glad to have you. Ba- glad to have you back. Uh... <laughs> At the at the station there, Thanks. compared to at home there, I think, uh, like you said, I think your dog is was missing you probably a lot, going to miss you a lot. <laughs> my huh? dog, my dog is going through separation anxiety, but she'll, <laughs> she'll get over it. My my wife, she's so probably think, just glad I to think, have me out. I, I think that, like you just said, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, and I think that if they try again, and and try try to doing this again, flattening the curve or or pushing everybody out of jobs as they've done, uh, seems like. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna backfire. We're gonna, we're gonna have protests like this, or more protests, and you probably have to have the national guard or anything else out. Uh, it's gonna get worse. It, it would get a lot worse than, than better of, for every, everybody else in that. Uh, I don't, I don't see that, but. No, I don't. Yeah, shame. No, thanks. No, I, I don't either. And and look, and, and here's whenever we talk about this, I, I always get a handful of kind of snooty texts or emails saying, well, you don't care about people's lives. Well, of course, I care about people's lives. And, but, you know, it's well, you know, lives are more important than the economy. Well, OK, the economy is important, too. It, it's it's not a binary choice. You have to, as I have been saying for months, you have to figure out a way to balance risks. And a lot of us are 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 like that a lot of us are are responsible but at the same time you 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 can't help it you can't control the thousands of people that want to to you know engage in protests through the streets and and okay they are they are making their choices but because people are making that choice doesn't mean on the other hand that you have to say hey mr business person you know you you got to lay off all these people it's lives are important the economy is important we have to figure out that balancing that's there but this idea of forcing places to close i i just don't see how you can do it um jeff we can't go back is the text the only the people locked up waiting for a vaccine will abide for another lockdown they can stay there well then that's that's the truth nobody makes you nobody makes you go out to a restaurant all right if you don't want to do it okay you you stay at home and you again make the one trip to the grocery store that that's that's your call you get to do it jeff my daughter works in a small restaurant in plover on friday they were required to wear masks uh, wear masks okay on saturday they were closed except for curbside pickup because of uh somebody's graduation and somebody got sick now that that is the challenge that, that business face um i know that there's a couple places around here where um somebody in the kitchen for example got sick and then you know they had to put the cooks cooks into quarantine and things like that so that's that's an ongoing that's an ongoing battle that you're going to have um but to me that that's that's not necessarily the government controlling that it should be like the individual businesses that are out there being mindful to it it also as we were talking about at the top of the hour with Eric Billstadt it, it's one of the issues that's out there as these sports leagues you know re you know reconvene because inevitably somebody's going to get the virus that that's it's just it's like the flu i understand coronavirus isn't the flu but it it's i mean somebody's going to get it and then what what do you do do you do you shut down the seasons again or do you just put that person in quarantine um, we're, we're not through the pandemic. I do think, though, we're through the idea that government can force businesses to close down. I think the population has moved beyond that.
And now we got to figure out what the next plan is. How do we deal with the inevitable spike that you're going to see, particularly as a result of a lot of these protests? Hope I'm wrong. Hope it doesn't happen. But that, that's what we've been told. If you have these mass gatherings, if you don't practice social distancing, expect a spike. Well, we, we haven't been practicing social distancing. We've been having mass gatherings all over the country. So, again, I don't see that there can be anything other than a spike it's just we have to be smarter, I think, moving forward in how we deal with it. Back with more in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eric, it's 14 degrees warmer in Green Bay than it is here at our studios. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I, underst- I understand Madison. I mean, you know, that, that's further west and it's farther west and all, but yeah, 73 here and it was like 86 in Madison or whatever. We get it. But Green Bay in the 80s, huh? Right, yeah. All right. They're cooking. Well, enjoy it. It's it's summertime. Matter of fact, um, we're going to have a topic related to that in about twenty minutes. I, uh, y- you know, I, I have tried always avoided trying to be one of these people who who jumps on the oh the 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 bias in the mainstream media. I, I think it's it it's sort of a given. You know, I've seen it over the last couple decades of of doing this show, and you just have to understand that it's. There, there is a perspective that exists, and, and after Donald Trump got elected president, there, the, it was interesting because I think it was Showtime or they, they did a, a four-part special on the New York Times, and, and I watched it, and it was interesting because these are the people that cover Trump, and it was very, very clear that they just loathed him. The, the reporters who were supposed to be objective, they, they just they hated him. And to the point that I think that's informed a lot of the, the coverage that you've seen about Donald Trump over the last couple of years was that the, the reporter, the analogy I've always said is if, if he was to give everybody a hundred dollar bill, there would be people who complain about, well, it's a hundred dollar bill. You didn't give me five twenties or ten tens. I got to figure out where I'm going to cash this. So it, it, it's been that, that way. And of course, I, I understand his response when he in the face of the, these reporters, for example, that just loathe him, his response is to then uh, again get very defensive, and then he lashes out, and then you're you're kind of you're just off to the races with this. But it, one of the things that's happened in the era over the course of the last couple of years is, I think, in many respects, the the media has done away with any pretense of objectivity. As I said during you know, an earlier segment on today's program, as a general rule, I, I believe that there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. There's a better or worse. Now, there are exceptions. The idea of defunding the police department is a kook idea. And I'm sorry if you were offended by this, but if you think it would be a good idea to get rid of all the police departments in the country, you are a kook. Now, I understand you don't believe you're a kook because one of the definitions of being a kook is you don't think you're a kook. But that's a kooky idea. And if you think defunding the police departments are a good idea, you're a kook. Most people don't think that. All right. Most people understand we have to make adjustments and things like that. But but there are in, in the war of ideas, there's better ideas, there's worse ideas. But there are things that are open for debate. Now, uh, what about a week or so ago, the president called for or at least explored the idea of using the military to come out and um and extend and provide for civilian control in the face of some of the protests typically that is not done we use local police departments and we use the national guard there have been exceptions 
Um, after the Rodney King riots in 1992, at the request of the governor of California, the first President Bush authorized the military to go into Los Angeles and help restore order. In the 60s, at the request of governors in the South, and sometimes in at least one occasion over the objection of the governor, federal officials came in to enforce certain civil rights laws. But as a general rule, we don't use the military to enforce domestic peace. President Trump explored the idea of calling out the military. We did a segment on it. I I argued why I thought it was a bad idea. I I just and there's a lot of reasons why I think it's a bad idea. You and the the protests did not justify doing that. And and I thought it was a bad idea just as a general rule. I thought also the optics were were bad. I don't think that you should use the the military to enforce civilian control, except in times of extreme emergency. And I didn't think we were there. All right. That's my take on this. Tom Cotton is a Republican senator from Arkansas. He disagrees with me. He, he supports the notion that was advanced by President Trump, and he wrote an editorial where he, where he argued why it would be appropriate to use the military to restore order. Now, I happen to disagree with Senator Cotton. I, I, I think he's wrong, but nevertheless, this isn't a cook fringe idea. I mean, it, it's, it's within the president's power to do it could have called out the the military. And so Cotton writes an editorial that they publish in the New York Times advocating the use of the military. Right. You know, again, agree with him, disagree with him. That's fair enough. But it's an idea that was floated out there. The New York Times, the reporters, revolted. revolted at the idea that their newspaper would publish an editorial that would advocate using the the military that this and the the argument was that this is this is terrible it it's that the whole idea and these are these reporters it it you know it it promotes racism by you know the you have the promoters who are primary the the protesters who are primarily people of color and you're calling out the military to do that and you know we're reporters and we're out there covering these these press we're out there covering these protests and we could be put in danger if the military was there etc etc so you have these reporters that object to the idea that the new york times published an editorial by a U.S. senator who was arguing why he thought this was a, a good idea. In response to the objections by the reporters, the editorial page editor, his name is James Bennett, he's been forced out. He, he's he's resigned, and I, I don't think anybody makes any bones about the fact that he was kind of forced out of this by virtue of making the decision to publish this editorial arguing for the the use of of the military. And the New York Times has now forced the editor out largely because he decided it was appropriate, not that he took this position, but he thought that he would allow somebody who wanted to argue a position similar to the one that the President of the United States was advocating, they put it in the newspaper. And the mere fact that you publish an op-ed piece in a newspaper... All right, that has now become so controversial 
that the editorial page editor has to resign. This, by the way, is the same editorial page that not that long ago featured an op-ed piece by a guy affiliated with the Taliban. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When it comes to media, I'm going to use the word bias for a lack of a, a better word, but like one-sided attitudes on things. Have we now completely jumped the, the shark? And can we trust the stuff that we're we're getting from the news? And I understand you can call up and say, well, their Fox News is just as bad on the other side. And, and that may well be. But has the idea, have we now lost any sense of objectivity? And have we lost even the ability in the mainstream media to, you know, argue points or express positions that, I don't know, run afoul of political correctness. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And like I say, I, I think everybody has every right to disagree with the opinion that Senator Cotton offered. All, all right. I mean, I like I said, I personally don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it was appropriate to call out the, the military. Leave that up to civilian sources. But the fact that now you have an editorial page editor who's lost his job because he dared to even allow an opinion piece by a U.S. senator to appear in the paper tells me that, you know, we're now in this era where we can't even have a discussion of ideas without being people, uh, people being afraid that they're, they're going to lose their jobs. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is, is this moment perhaps going to go down as, as the moment once and for all where objectivity and the ability to discuss issues in the media has completely jumped the shark. And my answer is, sure seems like it. Back with your calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's not just. I mean, the New York Times that now has decided that you know we we have to apologize for even having the audacity to publish an editorial written by a U.S. senator arguing that the president is correct or was correct when he talked about you know bringing in the military to help control some of the protests and uh, other things that were going on i mean it, they, they now got to apologize for that but this is it, it goes on and on in philadelphia the philadelphia inquirer um their top editor ended up resigning um because he had allowed a a headline it, it was in the wake of it was in the wake of the the rioting and the destruction in downtown Philadelphia, and you know he had allowed a, a headline to it when they were talking about how the the, the buildings had been burned or whatever, and the, the headline is like bill was like buildings matter too. The headline of the column was Buildings Matter Too. And people got all offended because they said, well, okay, he's he's minimizing, this headline minimizes the significance of Black Lives Matter by equating property with, with buildings. You know, 
I, again, this this is one where I'm thinking, okay, buildings matter too. Well, okay, may, maybe it's a little bit flippant. All right, but the, the man's had to resign because everybody or all these people in the newsroom were were protesting their reaction, you know, to this. So the idea and the message is, I, I think that again, headline notwithstanding, if you want to make an argument that. Um, you know, we, we need to not only be concerned with the situation in Minneapolis where somebody's lost their lives, but we also should be in a position to denounce the fact that you have whatever percentage of the protesters were engaged in looting or whatever. And if we want to say, OK, you're going to criticize that, we'll be prepared to lose your job. That that's the frustration that we, we have nowadays, where apparently it, we're, we're, it's so volatile that we, we can't have that discourse and exchange of of ideas. I mean, does if you wanted if you want to criticize the fact that you have a, a segment of the protesters that are are looting stores, can we not do that? If you want to have somebody who wants to make the argument that the president is is right to call in the military, and and again, reasonable people can disagree on that. I thought Trump was wrong to talk about that, but but it's it's not. Let's defund the police. It's not like you can't discuss this type of of things. That this is the idea and this is the frustration. Jeff, what you're here's a couple of texts. Jeff, what you're talking about is the reason my husband and I don't watch national evening news anymore. It's so one sided and politically correct, it's ridiculous. It's not reporting the news, it's become opinion reporting. And for years I was a semi news junkie, but not any more. Jeff, you can always find good reporting. You just have to look for it and you have to take responsibility for questioning and informing yourself. Most news is now tainted with agenda because it became entertainment and social media following drive success. See, that's the, the, the other thing. And it's not even just it's not just the, the bias or whatever that you see in the mainstream media news reporting, but now on the opinion pages, you, you can't even offer a rational, reasonable, contrary opinion to the the idea of of whatever is the politically correct idea. And, and like I say, I don't think it's a good idea to call out the military. Didn't support it, but it, it's not a wackadoodle idea. Presidents have done it in in the past, but now the editorial page editor loses his job because he has the audacity to print this column, which so offended and so disturbed some of the people that are out there. And the scary thing about this is, you know, who if people are going to start losing their jobs because they want to express contrary opinions to I know what, what other people want to think where, where do you draw the line and where is where is the room for that contrary opinion and what is the First Amendment really you know all about can people cross the line do people say irresponsible things a- absolutely they, they, they do but I don't know you lose your job because you publish an editorial by a US senator supporting a position the president has because some of the people in the newsroom are are just concerned that this is not that it's not politically correct and that they're appalled by it and they don't agree with it well okay where where do you draw the line because my guess is most of the stuff that's out there you're never going to find anybody that's going to be able to agree it's one of the reasons I read the New York Times so you don't have to back with more in just a minute this is Jeff Wagner this is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
latest coronavirus numbers. Again, encouraging. Uh, let's see, 264 new confirmed cases on Sunday, uh, but 2.3% of tests came back positive. So um, you, you had over 11,000 people that were tested, um, only 2.3% coming back positive, tying the lowest percentage on record, all all very good. Now, again, who knows what it's going to look like after the mass gatherings of the last couple weeks. But at least at this point in time, it appears that 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 curve that we talked about so much has indeed been flattened. We never got to a point where hospitals were overwhelmed. Plenty of hospital beds that are there. So those are all sort of positive things as we move forward. In addition, and I, again, I, I pointed this out last week. There, there was this irony to me that in the city of Milwaukee, Tom Barrett decided to keep the businesses locked up at the same time marching in the, these large protests. And if I was a business owner in Milwaukee, I'd be saying, well, Mr. Mayor, you can't have it both ways. You, you, you can't tell us that it's too dangerous for us to, you know, have a handful of people in our restaurants, but at the same time, you know, it, it's okay to have thousands of people out on the street. And I'm not arguing that the thousands of people shouldn't have been allowed to be out on the street. I'm just saying, and if I'm the business owner, I would have noted the, well, the irony of that position. In Waukesha, they have now announced that the, the number of people who are going to be allowed to get together for the quote-unquote mass gathering, it's been up to 100. It, it was 50. And County Executive Paul Farrow said that now no more than 100 people should congregate in a social setting. Recommendation, like I say, was previously 50. My, my only note to that would be... With what's going on with the protests, if if you're going to allow large numbers of people to congregate together for the protest, which is all well and good, all right, does that mean that you shouldn't allow large numbers of people, if they choose to do so, to congregate together for picnics and things of the like? It's just... It is sort of incongruous to me that you can have one thing's okay for the protests, but it's not okay for the the family picnics or the group picnics or whatever. Got to figure that out.